Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sex and the Bull City. My name is Matt Kreiner. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist here at Bull City Psychotherapy and Wellness in Durham, North Carolina. Joining me today, as always, is my favorite co-hostess <laughs> with the co-mostess, Dr. <laughs> Sophia Caudill. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Sophia Caudill. You're welcome to call me Sophia Licensed professional counselor, um, owner, and clinical manager, clinical director here at Bull City in Durham and also Wilmington, North Carolina. We're really happy to be with you today. We've been on a hiatus for a little while. Um, I was away on vacation. Matt took some time off, and now we are finally back and very excited today to talk with you about what is intimacy. Yep. Back with a doozy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I love, you know, of course, we're picking important topics because, yeah. you know, we want to talk about it on a podcast, yeah. but perhaps there's not a more important topic than what the heck is this thing we all seek and crave and, you know, want more of. And we hear this word in our rooms, in our psychotherapy rooms all the time, you know, folks wondering, is my intimacy healthy? You know, what does that even look like? So um, let's... Go there. Yeah. Let's figure it out. It's a big topic. And you're right, Matt. We are not shy to tackle some of these these big topics and hot topics. So um, when I think about intimacy, I mean, gosh, this conversation is going to get um, pretty detailed here in a couple minutes. But I like to just really remember that most of us have childhood messages that we learn that really create major issues and barriers to intimacy. Some of those can turn into addictions. So as a general rule, all addictions of any kind are barriers to intimacy. That's just, that's just a, a general rule and a, a general understanding. So part of recovery from any addiction is, is learning how to be intimate with ourselves, meaning how are we going to be rigorously honest with ourselves and have you know, greater self-awareness, but then how to, how to share that with someone else. So um, we have, you know, we have barriers that can really prevent us from, from being intimate with others. And that's something that really most of us, I find, we learn in childhood, whether it turns into an addiction or not, um, there's just messages that we have. Some of them might be, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy. Those are messages that, that a lot of us learn. And so that's kind of important to just understand from the get-go. Yeah, for sure. And already, you know, we're off to the races. In the language you've already used, you know, I notice how ingrained this pursuit of experiencing intimacy is. You already said, you know, it has a lot to do with our experiences in childhood. Mm -hmm. And I think it's right at the top of the conversation to to own that. I mean, anybody who works with me for any amount of time is going to get used to hearing about connection as a basic need. It's a foundational need in the human experience, and, and intimacy is wrapped up in that experience of connection. Um, so in our, in our journeys, uh, personally and professionally, and in preparation for our conversation today, we have kind of been intentional about exploring this topic. And we're going to bring to you listeners a few different just kind of paradigms, a few different sets of structures, you know, through which to, to explore this topic on your own. Um, I, I start started where, you know, I do frequently, which is, well, what does Miriam Webster have to say about this? So, um, and that was a fruitful experience. So at first, uh, I, I get the definition of um, the state of being intimate. It's like, okay, thank you, dictionary. That's obvious <laughs> enough. Um, you know, so the state of being intimate, what does intimate mean? 
Well, when you check into those definitions, you know, even Merriam-Webster is on the same page as we are as clinicians because even those folks notice that there are multiple, there are four different definitions of what does it mean to be intimate, and each and two of those have different subsets, right? So sometimes, I'm not going to read all of them, but they talk about, you know, definition of intimate being marked by a warm friendship developing through long associations. Even right there, we have the term friendship, and we have some sort of duration, you know, as a marker for intimacy. But of course, there are intimate experiences that are different than friendship and, you know, not necessarily associated with having a long duration. So Merriam-Webster is on the same page as we are, that this is a huge topic, and there are going to be lots of different ways we define what intimacy means. Yeah, thanks for starting us out, out there, Matt. And so um, one of the things that's, that's also important that Matt was alluding to is that all of our brains are hardwired to, to seek out and experience intimacy. That is what we crave as human beings. It's sometimes, you know, you might think about it, what separates us from animals, but then even animals have, they, they pair bond as sure. well. So, um, but we, we really seek this out and think about it and, and try to make it happen. Some of us, um, we may have a fear of intimacy, which we'll talk about later. Some of us crave intimacy. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's at both ends of the spectrum and then, some of us actually learn how to be more in the middle where we know how to healthily take the time to see if someone is worthy of us sharing our intimacy with them. But most of the work that we do here, um, remembering that we specialize in addictions, but specifically sex addiction, love addiction, codependency, and sex therapy. So we are really working with people to learn how to, again, first be intimate with themselves, which means rigorous honesty, self-awareness, and love of self, learn to appreciate ourselves, but then how to share that part, all those special parts of us with other people. So um, that's mostly what our work here is focused on. So much of what I'll, I'll think about and talk about today is going to be geared towards the work that we do of the struggle for intimacy mm -hmm. and the learning of, of how do we prepare ourselves to really grow into our, our mature, healthy adult self to be able to share intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to think about, it works for my head to think about things in terms of spectrums. And one of the things I just heard you say was on this spectrum of, of intimacy, you know, we start the conversation by what is intimacy? Okay. It can mean a lot of things. And I think to put a finer point on it, what we want to know is what is healthy intimacy? And one of the things I just heard you say was on this spectrum, um, healthy intimacy is probably somewhere in the middle, whereas where unhealthy intimacy on one side of the spectrum is folks avoiding it, you know, yeah. not knowing how to access it. But we can also kind of go overboard on the other side and yeah. we can seek it maybe too much or right. in, in unhealthy ways, not knowing where that, you know, healthy spot in the spectrum is. Absolutely. That was really nicely said. So there's a lot of people... Um, a lot of people, you know, in the world, not just here in this practice, that, that we may have a fear of intimacy. So we kind of do lots of things so that we don't have to be intimate. However, we may not even know that. I find that yeah. most people do not know that they're behaving in ways that are not going to get them intimacy. I know I've certainly experienced that in my life before as Absolutely. well. Yeah. And then on the other side, there are people who are just, you know, wildly... I mean, codependence, the way I think about it, always out there trying to, to find someone, get someone to really connect with on, 
almost an enmeshed level. And then obviously that can turn into love addiction, all kinds of different things. But even that, even those behaviors, while we think about them being overly intimate, they're really still a barrier to healthy intimacy. And so that middle ground somewhere is is what we're really striving for is, again, all of us finding our healthy adult Mm -hmm. and, and letting our healthy adult be in charge, not this really scared little child who's either afraid of intimacy or so afraid that they're going to be abandoned and without intimacy, they're just grabbing onto anybody they can find. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes me think of, of so many folks, you know, we've we've come across who, you know, are are seeking intimacy and wherever they are in the spectrum, they know or or kind of we can help them see that the way they've been going about meeting this need, and again, I believe it is a need, mm-hmm. um is just not been healthy, you know, whether it's it's on that side where they're avoidant of it mm-hmm. and they're kind of you know, moving through the world without, you know, really experiencing having these intimate connections with folks or if they're just grasping and yeah. they're searching for it in, in unhealthy ways and unhealthy places. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the ways that we do this intimacy work with people is, is again, first starting at the self. So it's it's the recovery of the self and, and really increasing self-awareness. Self-awareness is is something that, you know, some people have and some people don't. And and it's something that we can all do better and we can all ha- be more rigorously honest with ourselves. So, you know, practicing mindfulness meditation, good therapy, uh, doing a 12-step program or smart recovery, anything like that, being spiritual, those are all ways to increase self-awareness. Doing, you know, doing lots of reading, so many ways to increase self-awareness. But, um, one of the ways I like to think about intimacy, especially when I work with individuals or couples, is to really move the word intimacy away from sex, which we have to do at the very beginning here in this practice because we focus on you know sex addiction, sex therapy. So everybody comes in here thinking, oh, I want to be more intimate. And, and really, we have to take that word intimacy away from sexuality because sex is only one specific type of intimacy. And I want to read eight different types of intimacy. That This is a really fantastic list that I've gotten from Dr. Marilyn Volker, um, a very, very smart, talented psych- psych- psychotherapist in, in Miami, Florida. And she's a sex therapist as, as well, has tons of amazing experience. And she's just so knowledgeable in this area. She says that there's eight types of intimacy, and that's that's a lot to think about. Yeah. I could really only come up with four or five. Yeah. To break down one part of our life <laughs> right. in eight distinct eight, ways. Eight right. ways. And so um, the first is sexuality. The second is physical or recreational. Third, spiritual, emotional, intellectual, affectual, aesthetic, and social. So these are all the different ways that we can experience each other in a lot of relationships, not just, you know, coupleships, but parent-child, brother-sister, friend-friend, friends-relatives, whatever. There's so many ways to to share and experience intimacy with other people. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, I know. You read that she's list a smart of eight. lady. Yeah. yeah, you can tell. She's, she knows her stuff. She knows and, her stuff. And as, as you're listing those off, I'm thinking, yep, yep, yep. And I even, you know, we're, we're in this business of, of feelings yeah. and, and connection. And I started to get overwhelmed by, by all that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a lot. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to take my own advice here. I'm going to breathe through it. Yeah. Notice that sense of overwhelm. <laughs> 
and and just let it you know speak to me. It, it reminds me of just what kind of we said at the top of how feeling feelings of intimacy are so just all over our human experience. And if we didn't need it in some way, it wouldn't be that way. You know, I just I just believe that this. So experiencing again, third time where I'm going going around this track here. Learning how to experience intimacy in healthy ways is not, it's a non-negotiable. We're all going to need it. It's like learning. It's as foundational as learning how to get enough sleep, learning how to get our nutrition, our exercise. I mean, if, if our needs for intimacy go unmet or undermet or overmet or in some other way neglected for too long, our overall health is going to suffer. And that's how I know we're onto something really foundationally, um, kind of just elemental in our, our human experience. Um, so, and again, you also gave words to something that I think I see us coming back to a couple of times here in this, in this little chat, which is that we are limited by yeah. our own personal experience. Yeah. Another way to put that is we can only be intimate with someone else insofar as we are able to be intimate with ourselves. Yeah. And again, I want to go back at yes, yes, and yes, but I want to go back to um, what Dr. Carol Clark says, and she's written a book about this actually called Addict America, a uh, really good book. Um, and, and she really, really believes, and I, I believe her as well, that again, these messages that we, that we learn in childhood does not mean we had horrible childhoods. Sure. I mean, th- these are not huge traumas that, that we as children can interpret and create our own meaning that we learn these messages in childhood that really we that create the barrier for us to have that intimacy that we're craving so we just end up playing out again in our intimate relationships the negative and usually untrue assumptions that we have about ourselves yep and that that prevent us from having healthy relationships so it's again it gets back to self until we can be more self-aware with ourselves about ourselves and be rigorously honest and learn to love ourselves, mm-hmm. be fully accepting of ourselves, then we're really not going to be ready to, to, to meet someone. So the work does have to start with us. And with that, um, we've talked a lot about rigorous honesty, honesty, but we also have to be fully present mm-hmm. with ourselves. And, and interestingly enough, those are the two components that we must have. I'm sure there's others, but those are the two we must have to be able to share healthy intimacy with someone else. I think that makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, if, if we scan back over those eight categories of, of where we experience intimacy, we may find factors that are present in some, but not others. Maybe there's some overlap in, you know, three or four or five categories, but not all eight. But I think if we scan all eight of those spaces for the, re- the requirements of honesty and being present, I think those are the two consistent factors in experiencing intimacy in all of our different places. And, and, Yes, it is limited by our ability to experience in ourselves. So what does that mean? It means it starts inside. Mm-hmm. It's an inside job to kind of, if you're working with, with you're doing your own psychotherapy work, make sure these conversations are happening with your person. Or maybe even before you begin your work, ask yourself, how honest am I really able to be with myself? Are there things that I just can't admit, even you know, when it's just me in my own head, that are just too scary to shed light on? You know, That's a good way of knowing where some of our growth spots are in this capacity to be intimate, um, to experience intimacy. Similarly, how present can I be? Yeah. You know, how easy is it for me to slow down, take some breaths, practice mindfulness, be present with myself and be present with others? These are great ways of knowing kind of where your 
weak spots are, where our own opportunities for growth and our capacity to experience intimacy lie. Mm, nice. Yeah, completely right. Um, I also wanted to just kind of bring into this conversation, there's another another way to think about intimacy. It's It's called The Encounter, and this is by... Katie Schleifer, and she's an amazing psychotherapist who does a lot of encounter-centered couples therapy, um, which I've, I've participated in and I've been trained in, and it's incredibly powerful, and I do um, work with couples here in the practice along those lines based on her work, and, and she definitely believes um, intimacy is, is the connection. It's the connection that people share together and that both people are responsible for, for the connection. And the way that, that we find that connection is to honor the space in between each other, and we cross the bridge across to each other, and then that creates the safety. I guess safety would be another you know, really important aspect of being able to be intimate, which we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Um, and then that's how we feel totally connected to each other, is to have that encounter. Um, and she says that's where time seems to have stopped and seems to be eternal. And, and her work, again, is based on attachment theory. And as, as so much of this reconnecting work that we do is, but, but this is so important. I mean, to even be able to have a successful encounter. I mean, we can't, we can't just like do it. We can't just show up and do it. We, we have to be fully present, fully present. Yeah. And that's really hard. For a lot of people to do, and that's okay. That's what we learn how to do in good therapy or, again, in good 12-step or smart recovery. That's where we have that rigorously honest relationship with a sponsor. You know, That might be the first real relationship yeah. someone has ever had, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we can turn that into every relationship they have. I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah, and in that, I hear you talking about so much hope that our our capacities for empathy how, or for intimacy, however limited they may be as a result of whatever life experiences we've had, they can change. Mm -hmm. And I love how you bring in the, the relationship of a sponsor. That can be the holding place where this, this seed for intimacy is nurtured, right? To be able to have those conversations about naming those things that are so scary, you know, doing a, a fourth and fifth step, mm -hmm. naming all these things in front of another person, Allowing them, I heard someone describe intimacy as um, having someone meet you in, in your unmeetable place, that place mm -hmm. that feels like I'm so terrified of being judged or feeling not worthy um, of sharing with anybody else. But that sponsor can meet you right there yeah. and say, I get it. I accept you. You know, that's okay. You're a human just like me. Yeah. And it starts there. And when we have these experiences, whether it's within the safety of a sponsor or a psychotherapeutic, you know, dyad or... Um, if wherever we end up finding these holding spaces in our lives where we can experience safe, honest, present mm -hmm. uh, intimacy, we can grow. We can grow our capacity to experience it with those people and then take it to others. Whereas so many folks come to our offices saying, I want more intimacy in my coupleship. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's great. And we can work on that. But there may be steps along the way we have to take before you can start applying that to your primary intimate partner. So intimacy can be all over the place. But like we've been saying, no matter where it is, it's got to be, you have to notice what's going on within. You have to in increase that capacity. It's a good idea to check in. How honest are you being? How safe do you feel? How present can you be? 
And there's great news here that growth happens, right? We can experience this and we can feel more of it and we can get more healthy in this, this foundationally important part of our lives. Yeah, nicely said, Matt. And, um, you know, I feel like we've, we've kind of covered this, you know, in a very easy to understand way. And, and for me, the real biggie here is um, sex does not equal intimacy. Yep. And, and that's just, I think, a real aha for a lot of people a lot of the times. Huge. Yeah, and that, you know, we can really build healthy sex you know, only after we are already very intimate and have done so much work on, on the beforehand um, of, of getting to the part of just sexuality. There's so much more involved um, to an overall healthy, intimate relationship. Yeah, there can be a lot of overlap. You know, there can be a lot of, of, of intersection between sure. intimacy and sexuality, sure. right? And as one enhances their capacity for intimacy, look out as far as sexual satisfaction yeah. goes, right? Yeah. That can be pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a common misconception yeah. that, you know, being sexual equals being intimate. Um, in fact, that can really cause us some trouble sometimes. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll end on this and maybe we'll talk a little bit more. This might be worthy of another podcast. Maybe we'll do next time of, you know, building intimacy after, sex addiction has, you know, really wreaked havoc on the relationship, meaning that no, nobody feels safe. There's not trust. People haven't been present for a long time, maybe don't even want to be present. And there's a lot of damage to, to, to control and, and really, you know, we have got a lot of work to do. And so, you know, how, how is it possible? Can we even really rebuild intimacy? And then the answer is yes. But mm-hmm. you know, it really gets back to what we talked about at the beginning is that relationship with self. Yeah. You know, are we, are we willing to do our own work and really be able to be rigorously honest, present, and safe for ourselves and accepting and loving and all those good things? And then, again, rebuilding that all those bonding behaviors and everything like that to do before sex even gets back on the table. But maybe that'll be another podcast topic. Yeah. Nice foreshadowing, Doc. So if if today was what is intimacy, what do we know about it? How do we track it? Um, you know, what, what comprises it and maybe, maybe a future episode is going to be okay. So now my relationship has been damaged. There's some repair work to do. How do I rebuild this thing? How do I get back to, or maybe for the first time, cultivate, you know, the sense of healthy intimacy in my coupleship. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to it. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we appreciate you very much. And until next time, be well.